Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Uh, Thank you so much, Johanna, and it's wonderful to be back. I had a wonderful trip to Europe, did five events in uh, about 12 days, and the people were so warm, receptive, kind, loving, had fun, ate some good ice cream, uh, got a whole bunch of hugs, which is uh, uh, like my favorite thing. So, but, but it's, uh, it's wonderful to be back. Today, in Whole Life Healing, uh, I'm going to try to share with you what, what one of the greatest minds of all time says is the key to everything, not only to his science and all the discoveries that he made, but in his opinion, to everything else as well. So if that sounds interesting to you, then um, maybe take a, a listen for the next uh, few minutes and Maybe there'll be a gold nugget in here for you. I, I certainly hope so. Or at least something to think about. Uh, Ramanujan is one of the most famous mathematicians of all time. Uh, he came from poverty in India. And even though he was very, very young and had uh, no really high-level advanced training in mathematics. He was working out complex theorems uh, and mathematical problems that even some of the great masters who had gone to Harvard, Yale, places, uh, Oxford, places like that, were not able to solve themselves, or they were, but it was very, very high level. And so even as a young person who had not been trained like they had, who had not had the years of experience like they had had, uh, he was doing work that was considered absolute genius. And some people in the, um, I believe it was in Britain, uh, got hold of some of that work, uh, authenticated that it was originally done by this young man, and arranged for him to come over to England to, uh, to share, to, to learn, but also one of the big things they wanted was to get his insights, for them to help them, in other words, even though they were much older, higher trained, held in high regard, famous in their field, and he was none of that. Uh, he ended up solving a mathematical problem called partitions. And since the dawn of the world, this had been one of those mathematical problems that to experts in the field was considered to be completely unsolvable. And the greatest minds of all time had in that field, in mathematics, had all taken their turn trying to solve it. None of them could. And as a very young man, 
he solved it. Now, I'm not a mathematician. In fact, I'm the opposite of a mathematician. Boy, math for me was just terrible. Uh, but partitions are something like this. For the number five, there are seven partitions. Number one is five. Number two is four plus one. Number three is three plus two. Then three plus one plus one. Then two plus two plus one. Then two plus one plus one plus one. Then one plus one plus one plus one plus one. And that's it. There's seven partitions of five. The problem is when you start talking about very high and complex numbers and trying to find some formula that would determine the partition of, of, any, of virtually any number. And it was considered to be unsolvable, impossible. Ramanujan did it, all right? Um, he discovered that congruences in the number of, and you don't need to understand this, I don't understand it, but this is what it is. He discovered that congruences in the number of partitions exist for arguments that are integer, integers ending in 4 and 9. And that was it. That was the solving of the unsolvable. And of course, when that happened, the entire mathematical scientific world was like, you know, this is one of those once every hundred years events and all that sort of thing. And so then he is held in not only high regard, but almost godlike regard in the mathematical community and still is today. In fact, there was a very popular mainstream uh, major movie about him recently um, and did, I believe the movie did pretty well, was considered a good movie. Uh, etc. Now, all that's preliminary. Here comes the important stuff that involves you. All right? Uh, oh, and by the way, his work is still being used at the highest level. They are using Ramanujan's work today in order to figure out, discover, and, and maybe learn how we can deal with black holes and some other things like that. But here's what Ramanujan said that I thought was important to me and maybe to you. He said that all of his mathematical insights, of course, when this happened and it's worldwide uh, front page headline news in the scientific community everywhere, of course, everyone is asking him, how did you do this? I mean, you haven't had the training. Uh, you're a very young man. You don't have experience. How did you figure this out? Uh, along with a number of other breakthroughs that he also figured out that no one had, but were just maybe not quite as famous as uh, the partitions. Here's what he said. He said all of his mathematical insights came to him from God. He didn't figure them out in his words. They came to him from God. He believed that any formula was meaningless unless it expressed a thought or truth related to God. 
And then here's the last quote of his I'm going to give you. He said, all believe in God. Some just don't think he likes them. <laughs> I love that. Because for the first 20-something years of my life, that's exactly how I felt. That I totally believed in God, but boy, I'm on his blacklist. He doesn't carry a picture of me around in his wallet. I'm on his, I'm on his blacklist, all right? And um, had no idea that someone like Ramanujan um, would have expressed that. Um, Einstein. Now, uh, about 3% of all people on earth do not believe there is a God or spiritual reality. And I want to say to you, if that's you, I'm not trying to offend you at all. On this program, we try to come at truth and love and happiness and health and success from all different angles, not just one or two, okay? But to you, I would say, listen to this as open-minded as you can, and then see what you think about it, all right? Um, but Einstein, one of my heroes, uh, unbelievable man, mind, work, accomplishments, all of it. Here's a quote from Einstein. If people say, I don't believe in God, they do not understand my work. I was recently given in, in uh, Europe on this last trip a letter that many people believe that Einstein wrote. Some believe he did not write it. Okay, um, To me, that's not really the point. The point is, is the content of it true or not? And here's what is said in this um, letter that may or may not have been written by Einstein, although the people that gave it to me in Europe said that people from his home area spoke of that at the end of his life there were changes in him. In, in his perceptions, how he saw things, the things that were most important to him. And in their belief, this letter was consistent with those changes in him toward the end of his life. But let me read you just a little bit from this letter. I'm not going to read a lot of it. I'd love to read the whole thing. And, and in the letter, he asked his daughter, the letter's to his daughter, and he asked his daughter to keep the letter a secret because he said people won't understand it and it'll cause problems and uh, they're not ready for it yet and all that sort of thing. But here's just a little bit of what's in that letter. Uh, there's an extremely powerful force that so far science has not found a formal explanation to. It's a force that includes and governs all others and is even behind any phenomenon operating in the universe and has not yet been identified by us. The universal force is love. When scientists looked for a unified theory of the universe, they forgot the most powerful unseen force. Love is light. And it enlightens those who give and receive it. Love is gravity because it makes some people feel attracted to others. Love is power 
because it multiplies the best we have and allows humanity not to be extinguished in their blind selfishness. Love unfolds and reveals, for love we live and die. Love is God. I, I'm sorry. Love is of God. Now, the letter says love is, of, love is God. Now, I don't believe that. I believe love is of God, so I'm editing that. But anyway, love is of God, and then Einstein says, God is love. And in the letter, he even amends his most famous formula, E equals MC squared, to the energy of love, which is all-powerful, equals light time, equals uh, C squared, without the M, okay? So, um, fascinating. Ramanujan, Einstein, how about anybody else? Well, um, in the wonderful book, How God Changes Your Brain, Andrew Newberg, MD, uh, a very prominent neurosurgeon, doing research for years with other neurosurgeons, and they're not, they're not looking for religion. They're not looking for, you know, to tell people to go to church or anything like that. They're looking for what will heal or harm the brain. And after years of research, they published their conclusions and wrote this wonderful book. And the number one thing they found that will heal or prevent illness and disease, the number one most healthy healing thing for the brain based on their clinical medical research is God. A belief in God, prayer to God, I would say a relationship with God based on reading their book and what they're trying to say as well. Okay? All right? How about anybody else? Well, there was an old guy that lived a long time ago named John, and um, he, he was one of the apostles of Jesus, and here's what he said. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who does not love does not know God. And Ramanujan says his miraculous, unsolvable solving of the equation that he did not do it, that it was given to him by God. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe things like that happen every day, all the time to all of us. Now, not always something that's going to win the Nobel Prize, not always something that uh, is going to be headline news, but something that I need for my life right now, or for my family, or my relationship, or whatever. And, and so today, I guess my homework, or what I would ask you to consider, first of all, is, is I would just go over these things I've said today, not, not from me, but these world-class people who have said, hey, it's all about God, and, and taking it further, relationship with God. 
and God is love, and God is light, and love comes from God, and love is the powerful, healing, unlimited source that all of us are looking for and want, well, He's where it comes from. That's where you get it, okay? And so many that I know, and I did this too, try to get it on my own, try to get love from my effort, try to get love by saying loving things or thinking loving thoughts. The problem is that's not love. When you have the love that comes from God, you will say loving things and you will be kind, but not out of your attempt to manufacture love because you know that's what you need and want. So what I'm saying is, you cannot manufacture what you need and want. You can't get it by willpower. You can't find it at Disneyland. You can't make enough money to buy it. It comes from a being. It comes from a person. So, first of all, consider all that. Is this all a bunch of baloney? Ramanujan's wrong, Einstein's wrong, the neurosurgeons are wrong, John was wrong, Alex is wrong. Well, I would say if you weigh the evidence with as open a mind and a heart as you can, and that's the conclusion you come to, I would say I, I totally respect your right to come to that conclusion. It's your life. Don't do what I say because I say it. Maybe consider what I say and then decide what's best for you. Those are two different things, okay? So first of all, I'd ask you to consider it. Secondly, if you can come to the conclusion as have approximately 97% of people on earth who believe in God or spiritual reality, meaning for a lot of them, they believe in God, but they've got a problem with the word God, or they've got a problem with the concept of God because what they were taught by people growing up who were not very nice and loving, but kind of the opposite. So they're sort of, you know, believing in God, but I don't like that label name because I've been hurt by it or whatever, okay? But regardless of that, if you're one of the 97%, my question is, is that the way you're living? Is that what you get up in the morning and prioritize? Is that what you, at the end of the day, is it how you evaluated your day? Not on your to-do list, not on how much money you made or whether you got the promotion or somebody liked you or you got a new toy, or, but on how are you and God today? And I would say that if that's not how you're living your life, if, if you and God are sort of in this separate box over here somewhere that really doesn't have much to do with everything else, but every once in a while you go over to that box and open it up and spend five minutes or two hours on Sunday or whatever it is for you, 
and then you shut the box back and go back to everything that's the rest of your life. My opinion is you're missing the majority of what's most important and the results of that is you're going to be love deficient. You're not going to have enough love for your health, for your relationships, for to be as successful as you are capable of being and everything else. As Einstein said, it is the unlimited power for all of that. He actually says it another place in the letter. We need an atom bomb of love, but he didn't think the world was ready for it. How about you? Are you ready for it? Well, I would highly recommend if you believe that there is a God, a spiritual reality beyond yourself, even if you call it by a different name than God, but see it as a being who is love and who is light and who loves you, is in control of things, etc., etc., etc. See what difference it will make in your life if that's what you start measuring your day by and your successes and failures by. In my experience, it's absolutely transformative. And sometimes you don't have to do anything else but that, and everything starts to change for the better. So, that's Ramanujan. I've told you about Ramanujan and me. What about Ramanujan and you? That's it for me, Joe.